So it's all right. We love the we love the children. Amen. That's what keeps us a growing church and a live church is that we have kids in the yes. building. Amen. Every church that doesn't have kids, you're a dying church. So I don't I don't mind the, the screams and the, I like having the kids here. A lot of older people like the kids around because they help them feel young. All right, so let's get into this message. Amen. I got only uh, about six six scriptures, maybe seven. I only got a couple of scriptures. Um, But I feel good today. I thank God, amen, for, for, amen, just being with us. And let's get it in. Let's get into the scriptures. Genesis 5 and 24, it says, And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. That was Genesis 5 and 24, that Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Somebody say he walked with God. He walked with God. He walked with God. Genesis 17 and 1 says, And when Abram was 90 years and 9, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the Lord, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be ye perfect. Oh boy, that'll mess y'all up right there. And Abraham didn't even have the Holy Ghost. And Abraham was 90 years and nine. The Lord appeared to Abraham. See, this is God saying, and God said it and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. That kills all those people that say ain't nobody perfect. He told Abraham to be it. And so if he's going to tell you to be something, he's not going to tell you to be something if you can't do it. Amen. Amen. Second Timothy, amen, chapter 2. Amen. Second Timothy, chapter 2. And we're going to read the 22nd to the, um, the 20th to the 22nd verse. And it says... But in the great house, there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. We talk about vessels. If a man therefore purify himself from these, he shall be a vessel vessel unto honor, sanctified, and meet for the master's use, prepared for every good work. See, we have to prepare ourselves. Amen. Amen. Romans 8 and 28. Some of y'all know this by heart. Romans 8 and 28 says, And we know that all things work together for the good to them that love God and to them who are called according to his purpose. And my last scripture is St. John 15 and 11. St. John 15 and 11. And... And that reads, Amen. St. John 15 and 11. And it reads, These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you, that your joy might be full. Amen. I want to just talk to you about walking with God in an uncertain world. Walking with God in an uncertain world world. One of the things that we have to realize is that the life we live, the scripture says the life we live, we live into the Son of Man. But the life that we live 
is summed up with a lot of different things that we go through. It's summed up with the mere fact that we deal with all sorts of, 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 of frustrations and things that come our way. We deal with the fact of Abraham being told to walk before God and to walk and to walk with a level of perfection. And we even see in the book of Acts, um, in the 20th chapter, in the 22nd verse, that Paul even went bound, not knowing what was going to happen to him. He went bound, not knowing what, what he was going to face. And so we see the example of Abraham, and we see all of the things that Abraham deals with. And one of the things that we have to keep into uh, consideration and an understanding is, is that life is full of uncertainty. We know that many times the reason that people fear is because they're not sure of what's going to happen. Even when you go into surgery, or when uh, Lady J had went through her procedure, uh, one of the things that they can give you, and I think Sheila even had the option as well, that one of the things they do is when you're about to go into surgery, they give you something to relax your nerves. And so one of the reasons why they do that is because, and I've noticed something, that a lot of times when the when the anesthesiast come in, the person that's going to minister, give you this medicine, a lot of times they tend to try to give you a joke to try to relax yourself. The Bible says that a merry heart worketh good like a medicine. And so it's important that we keep laughter in our life. It's good for you to have a merry heart, for you to have a happy heart. It's important that you keep laughter and joy in your life. Because when you don't have a laughter and joy in your life, guess what happens? You start to have a heart that's broken and, and a heart that's full of sadness. And that's the doors that depression comes in. And many times we're going to face things in life. We're going to face the uncertainties of life. You know, Paul said, I've learned to abase and abound. I've learned how to be high and I know, how, I know what it's like to have and I know what it's not like to have. And we all go through situations where we just don't know what's going to happen. But no matter what we go through, we got to keep it moving. Yes. Are y'all getting what I'm saying? Life is going to give you experience that you didn't expect to happen. Life is going to give you situations that you never thought of. And so we have to understand that in dealing in life and the uncertainties of life, it is a reason that we have a right to rejoice and be thankful and understand that at the end of the day, all things are going to work out for my good. And because I know all things are going to work out for my good, it, should, it allows me to find myself happy even in bad situations. Even when situations aren't going your way, you got to know that God has a way of taking what you're going through and working it out for your good. He's going to work it out for your good. I didn't understand what I was going through. I didn't expect what I was going to go through, but I still have a rejoice and a praise in my mind because I know that all of this is going to work for my good. My credit is bad, but I can, if I work on it, it's going to work for my good. It'll cause me to be more cautious with it next time. It'll cause me to learn from it next time. Many times we have to understand that with failure comes success. Yes, yes. 
Now y'all understand what I'm saying? With failure comes success. A lot of times, a lot of things were invented and a lot of times they didn't get it right the first time when they were inventing the resistor and when they were inventing the light bulb. It took a whole lot of failures before, boom, the light bulb was invented. Life is full of failure, but you gotta know how to fail forward. Y'all get what I'm saying? You gotta learn how to use those failures to help you advance. Y'all know I've been challenging myself and one of the books I was reading, it was talking about um, how at, at no certain age is it over for you. Amen. And they was talking about the colonel. Y'all know who that is. You got him in every city, it seemed like. They was talking about Colonel Sanders. <laughs> and they was talking about how Kentucky Fried Chicken, you know Kentucky Fried Chicken, the franchise didn't start until after some failures. As a matter of fact, the guy who started Colonel Sanders, he got the name Colonel Sanders, he was the Colonel of Kentucky, because the inventor, he started, he was 50 years old before he started even having a business. Oh boy, his name slips me. But the interesting thing about his life is, he grew up poor. And one of the things that happened is he married a woman and guess what happened? He went off to work and by the time he got back, his wife had left him, took all that they had, and his brother-in-law said, you don't deserve to be married because you ain't never got a job. You ain't even fit to get married to a woman. And yet and still, he kept on trying and trying. And in the midst of the Great Depression, Mr. the guy we know as Colonel Sanders, in his 50s, understand this, this is in his 50s. He done had multiple jobs after multiple jobs, but still didn't give up. Mm -hmm. Now most of us, we feel like there's a point that we should just say forget it. But in the midst of an uncertain time with the economy being down, he decided to purchase this restaurant, which actually was like a gas station. And it was his last, it was his last feat of, okay, I'm gonna try this. And he started cooking chicken, and guess what? It became so popular that people all of a sudden started coming to it. Notice, He's not doing this in his 20s. He's doing it in his 50s at a bad time. Oh, y'all hear what I'm saying? You can prosper in bad times, but it's about how you looking at it. It's about your attitude. We hear all the time that your attitude affects your altitude. Then if your attitude is bad, then that means that your results are gonna be bad. And that the better your attitude, the better your results is gonna be. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so here it is, he starts cooking this chicken and becomes famous for this chicken. And then next thing you know, he starts pressure cooking chicken. And y'all think he got rich. He did, but guess what happened? They built a highway right where the restaurant was at. And it caused him to lose 75% of his business. 
and he lost the business. And so, again, he went from being rich to being, from being broke to being rich to now he's broke again. And then he turns around and says, well, I'm going to go and I'm going to franchise my recipe since everybody like it or not. And I believe the man is named Herman. Uh, I can't think of his last name. This one businessman said, look, let me start a restaurant called Kentucky Fried Chicken. I'm going to franchise your recipe. And the rest is history. Franchise and franchise and then franchise. It becomes a hit. Next thing you know, you have Kentucky Fried Chicken in a whole bunch of states. Amen. Just from a bad situation to a bad situation. He learned that his bad situation didn't determine if he could be successful or not. And we got to know in a world that is uncertain how we need to handle bad situations. Now, me being human, I know how our attitudes can get. I have a situation at the house, and uh, I guess my humanity arose because my daughter made a statement. She said, uh, I said nothing to my daddy today. I don't think I yelled at him or nothing, but they said I was being harsh. And I ain't not a harsh person. But I guess it was, I guess when I said, I don't care what we do today, we can do... But it was, sometimes it's not what you say, it's the way that you say it. Amen. And so I had an uncertain certain situation, and I was frustrated by the situation. Uh, let me give y'all a lesson that I'm learning. If you're not careful, your frustrations can not only hurt you, but they can hurt other people. Understand that your attitude affects those around you, whether you believe it or not. Boy, I know that just that went over like a lead balloon, Mother Kel. <laughs> How we respond affects those around us. Amen. It's fine if you were just living in a world by yourself to say, well, this is just me. But you gotta understand that you live in a world that you're not the only person that exists. And so what, hap what you do and how you respond and how you talk and how you act affects those around you, especially those that you say or those that you love. It affects them. And so we have to make sure that we have the best spirit that we can have. And we can't do it on our own. And that's why we need God, because we can't do it on our own. Um, I'm about to close them. The other thing, the other point I want to bring out is, is that like Abraham, we have to know that God is with us no matter where we go. That the blessing of God is set over our life to chase after us and overtake us. And we have to have the mindset that I'm living a blessed life. Now, I have problems just like everybody else. But I still have to maintain the mindset that even with my problems, I am blessed. I'm not waiting for my blessing. I'm living a life that's filled with blessing. And that is a whole different mindset. Because if you're waiting for your blessing, you just keep on saying, I can't wait till my blessings pour out. I can't wait till my blessing. You're waiting on the blessing. I'm not waiting for the blessing. I'm living my life and my life is blessed. 
I live a life of blessing. And I know in the life of blessing, there are going to be days that I have and days that I have days that I have overflow and days that it seems like I'm at lack. But even in my days of lack, I'm still blessed. Yes. 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 Being blessed is more than money, ladies and gentlemen. Because favor can overflow you and do for you what money can't do for you. Come on. But y'all understand what I'm saying? There's times where I don't have a dime. And God works out things because my life is a life of blessing. And it's a life that is blessed. And favor does what more than money can do. So therefore, I don't depend on money. And this is the reason why nobody should look for men, a.k.a. whether you're a woman or, or, or a guy. You should never look for people to be the people to provide for you. Never look for nobody to be your provider. Know that God is going to be the one to take care of you. I love my wife with all my heart, but I promise you, I am not her provider. Are y'all getting what I'm saying? I do all that I can as a husband, right? Go to work, pay the bills, but guess what? In, in, in the grand scheme of things, I am not her provider. I am not the one that's provided for her. God is provided for her, and he does it through means of her working, me working, and he does it through means of sometimes just giving her things and blessing her. I am not the one taking care of her. And so you have to have that mindset. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies, there's no guy that's taking care of you. There's no woman taking care of you. Men, there's no woman that's going to take care of you. There's no homie that's going to take care of you. You got to know that God is your provider so that people won't try to manipulate you and say, I took care of you. You ain't never took care of me. The devil is a lie. You ain't never took care of me. Even if you didn't give me nothing, I'm still provided for. You ain't never took care of me. Oh, y'all, y'all hear what I'm saying? Because y'all still looking for people to do it. If you're a woman, when you, when you realize that God is the one taking care of you, you won't put up with certain things because you know you don't need them to be the one to take care of you. That you'll be taken care of by yourself. If you're a guy, you will know, I don't need this woman to take care of me. I really don't. God can take care of me. Oh, boy, y'all. I know, I know I'm by myself. I can be by myself. I might be by myself on that one. It's okay. I'm good. But I, I bet you any money, my wife know who's providing. That's right. Amen. Amen. Let, let me understand that Abraham knew that wherever God goes, that God is with him. And we have to have that same mindset. Now, understand this. Poverty is a mindset. Let me give y'all a little bit of indication. I just read recently that Dwayne Wade, D-Wade, everybody know him, right? Everybody know that he's got money, right? But in the article, D-Wade said that he still worries about money and about being broke. And that every single, almost every day, or every few, or every so often, he checks his bank account and says, okay, I got that much. And he only has an Audi. Because he's afraid of being broke. Now that caused him to watch how he spend his money. But it goes to show you that poverty is a mindset. <laughs> this man has millions of dollars and he's still worried about being broke. 
Trust me, D-Wade got good credit, but he's still worrying about being broke. Poverty and the fear of not having anything or having lack is a mindset. It's not about how you live. This is why when most people, especially black people, grew up poor, most of us, if we're in our early 30s and 40s, yeah, we had a rough, but we didn't know how poor we was. Now people who got more than what we had act like they have it so hard. Yeah. And they ain't even had a, not even a piece of what we had. Right. They couldn't handle the level of poverty that we experienced. But we did, but because our parents didn't teach us the poverty mindset, we didn't act like that. Come on, come on. Right. We read books. Now they don't want books. Oh, they want shoes and clothes. Oh, and so they're not understanding that they're in poverty more than we was. And they got more than what we got. Oh, boy, y'all ain't listening to what I just said. That our kids have more than what we have. And yet and still, they're in poverty more than we are. I tell Jalen all the time, boy, you broke. I said, you, got, you ain't got nothing. He said, Dad, I got a house. I, got, I said, no, 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 no. You don't understand. The house belongs to us. You have nothing. You don't have a house. Because you are a kid, we let you stay there. You don't have a game. We bought it so that you can have some entertainment while you're there. But you're broke. You don't own anything. You're so mean to your son. No, I'm trying to teach him so that he understands that he has to learn how to get things on his own dime. Even Warren Buffett is not giving his kids uh, riches. He's teaching them that they got to learn how to go get riches themselves. You want to know why? Because it's a welfare mindset for me to say that you can stay at home and not do nothing and I'll still take care of you. The Bible says that a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. What are you doing to leave money, leave an inheritance, leave things behind for those beyond just your kids? I'm looking to do that. And I may not have all that I need to get there, but I'm looking to see what I can do because that's what the Bible says a good man does. Y'all get what I'm saying? And so poverty is a mindset. Stop feeling bad about yourself and your situation. Your situation will change when you change. You want to know why when it don't matter where you go in the world that it's always going to be crazy? Because you're going with it. Because everywhere you go, you bring yourself with you. Oh, boy, y'all just, they don't believe me, Joy. They don't believe me. They don't believe There is no place that is safe anymore. I don't care how big or small a place is. Every place has danger. And so you have to learn that God keeps you. That God is your provider and your protector. And that you don't have to worry about being without. God has got you. Thank you, Lord. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Man, I feel like I'm speaking Chinese. Y'all understand it now? God has got you. And it may not, the Bible says we see in the glass darkly. Sometimes it just don't look like God is there. Like God got us. Sometimes it'll frustrate your faith because you know that God can do it, but he ain't doing it for you quick enough. 
He ain't doing it for you right when you want him to do it. But that's where faith comes in. I, I made the statement to Jalen because Jalen had asked me a question. And um, I was letting him know because he all he's always asking me the same, and he get it from me. I know he probably gets he asked the same question over and over again, so I, you know he got that from me. But he always asked me, Dad, is it hard being a father? I said it's the most rewarding but difficult thing you'll ever be. Amen. It's because we have to make the we have to make sure that we're thinking forward minded and not in our total present day. We have to understand that our present situation isn't our life. I'm almost finished. I'm finna close in a second. I remember how many was around when, when minimum wage was, was 525? Yeah, oh, man, I think I remember when it was 475. Man, I'm getting old. <laughs> Try to tell somebody work for 475 nowadays, boy, you might get in a situation. But I remember 475. I remember going to a job and I thought I was making some money because it was 725 an hour. I said, Oh boy, I ain't making no, I ain't making minimum wage. I thought so good about myself. I ain't making minimum wage. I make 725. I felt so good about myself. Until I realized how many people was making more than $7.25. <laughs> and I remember, as a young guy, I said, man, if I could make $15 an hour, I'd be balling. As they say, I'll be balling out of control. Man, I made $15.70. I made $16. And when I did it, I was wondering, why hasn't things changed? See, our thoughts is, if we have more money, then all of a sudden, we're going to be better. Amen. In some cases, it would if you knew how to manage the money you have, right? Amen. But our problem is longevity. We don't do things long anymore. We don't do things long anymore. Amen. We don't even keep clothes long enough anymore. We wear them four times and then just you know, <laughs> throw it to the side. We're more blessed than what we realize. Are y'all understand? Amen. If I was to ask any of the ladies, how many shoes do you got? There's some women in here that don't have a number in mind, which is a sign that that's how many shoes they got, which means it's a lot. Which, guess what? It's understandable, right? Because they need something to match with every purse and everything so that they look right. Yes, yes. They have a, there's, there's a reason for it that the reason why they have the surplus. Y'all get what I'm saying? There's a reason behind it. Y'all get what I'm saying? But this is the problem. Those that don't have it are mad at the people that do have it. It's always been that case. The ones that don't got nothing are mad at the ones that do. And the ones that got a lot are mad at the ones that don't because they feel like the ones that don't don't have it. And it's holding their money down. 
Everybody mad at everybody. <laughs> so you're mad because you don't have it, and they're mad because you don't have it. Because you are a drain, they say a drain on the system. Say, boy, I just, boy, I just. Shots fired. No, I'm just, no, I'm just kidding. So, <laughs> so listen. Uh, one of the things that we have to know is our, us having excess is a sign that you're blessed. If you have to look at what you got, what you gonna wear today, you realize you don't realize you're more blessed than you really think you are. But you got to know how to work it. There's some people that only had uh, two pairs of pants, two shirts, and one blazer, and they would mix it up like it was five different outfits. <laughs> you got to learn how to work with what you have and change the mindset that your situation is so bad. You're in a better place than what you thought you are. But you got to change the way that you think. Life is going to come with uncertainty. Sometimes you're going to have money. You're going to have a job. Sometimes you're going to be living a highlight. And then next thing you know, boom, all of a sudden, it seems like you lose everything. But don't let losing everything stop you from realizing that it can still get better even when things blow up. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes you got to blow things up so you can rebuild. And y'all understand what I'm saying? Sometimes you gotta, sometimes it's gotta blow all the way down so you can say, okay, now this is how I want it to look. Sometimes your 20s, sometimes your 20s, it seems like everything blew up in your 20s. But guess what? You in your 30s and your 40s now. It's okay. You still got time to rebuild. You alive. Stop. One of the things that we have to do in an uncertain world is stop thinking that it's all over now. We got to stop that mindset. No matter how old we are, no matter how bad our situation looks, there's always time to rebuild if you're alive. I'm finna close. I'm finna get ready to get out of here. And so Abraham, in my closing, he walked with God. Didn't know what was going to happen. But he knew that wherever he went, God was with him so he would be all right. And we got to know that. We got to know that it's going to be all right no matter where we go. One of the worst things that we have done in this time is we've gotten so busy that we stopped dreaming. I don't think people dream anymore. People don't dream anymore. If you're over the age of 40, you're still dreaming. If you're under the age of 40, you don't dream no more. I'm just telling. But we have to learn to still dream because dreams keeps you up, gives you the ability to have tenacity, which is the ability not to stop when things go bad. So you have to have a dream. The Bible says if um, that without a vision, the people perish. A vision is like a goal. It's like a dream. You need a dream. You need a vision in your life and say, okay. Oh boy, I don't know why. I don't even know this song. But I, I know I heard this line. I think it, there was a hip-hop song that said, started from the bottom, now I'm here. <laughs> you might be at the bottom. But somebody tell your neighbor, well, it's good to be at the bottom because I'm going up from there. <laughs> I'm all the way up. Nothing can stop me, right? 
Nothing can stop me. I'm all the way. I'm going up. I'm at the bottom, but I have the ability to change where I'm at. If I don't have the skill set, I can go to school. <laughs> if I don't have the skill set, I can go to school and get something. Well, Pastor, I wasn't good at school. I barely made it out. I had these. I had these, which meant diploma. That's all right. You still graduated. You still have the ability to get a certification in something. You still have the ability to get training in something. You haven't lost yet. <laughs> God is with you. The world is uncertain. Okay, you're not at the place you thought. Right now, you thought that you would have your house, the white picket fence. You thought you would have a house, the kids, and a good job. And you thought you would have 401k. But now you got, four, now you got uh, 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 what they call that drug? The, um, the fake weed. What's it called? CBD. Huh? CBD. No, not CBD. The K. K2. K2. Yeah, first you K2. thought you was going to have 401k. Now you got K2. Uh-oh, not the K2. The <laughs> now you got K2. Now you got to flip it and give up the K2 for the 401k. <laughs> I know, you're not going to. I'm losing my I'm losing my swagginess. So, so you you got to understand that, look, you haven't, you're not losing. What it is is that you don't realize how much you have the ability to win. There have been plenty of teams that were down 20 points, and everybody said, it's over. And then next thing you know, they come back and win. How is that? Because the team understood the game ain't over yet. Tell your neighbor, game ain't over yet, baby. It's still first quarter. You still have seconds in the game. The world is going to be uncertain. You still have allies. Everybody know what an ally is, right? People that now look, you don't want allies that are fight for you but don't want to help you live. It's good that you will fight with me. But help me live by by motivating me on how I can advance in my life. Yes. You always gonna have those that want to drain your tank. But you gotta learn that look, they might be there to motivate me. You can't, look, everybody always worrying about the haters. If you're worried about the haters, you're not focused. Because when you focus, you ain't even seeing the haters. Because you got such a vision of where you plan to go, you don't even see them. They ain't even in my plan, so they don't even matter. You're not, you ain't even in my plan. Oh, I ain't even paying attention to you. Because you are not in my plan. You are not a part of the plan. You're not a part of anything that I'm doing. So I don't value your attention. I'm not feeding you attention because anytime I'm feeding you attention, I'm taking away from my vision. And so the world is uncertain. You thought that you was going to be in a better place than you are right now. But guess what? God is with you. He's walking with you. He just wants you to let you, he just wants you to know that if you allow him to be with you in this thing called life, things can turn around. It's all right if you're at the bottom. Gives you the ability to go up. If you're at mid-level, excuse me, it gives you the ability to go up. If you feel like this is the farthest I can think to go. Don't worry, God can even take you farther because he can do for you 
exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think. Yes. Yes. Even the limited thing that you thought that you wanted God to do. All you was looking for God to do was give you a nice job or a nice business and a house. And God is saying, I'm gonna, I can go beyond what you're asking for and what you're thinking. You're looking at a ceiling and God is saying, there is no ceiling with me. No ceiling. Wow. Like Master P, there is no limits. No limits. No We're in an uncertain world, ladies and gentlemen. We're in a world that now they tell the kids they just had a couple of parents that sued in Madison that don't call the kids he or she. Call them what they want to be called. I have no idea why you want to give a kid that much power. They don't even know if they want uh, a cheeseburger at McDonald's or chicken nuggets. Come on. We're, we're in a world of uncertainty where more and more responsibility are given to kids that don't have the maturity yet. The, the cortex in your brain, right? The frontal cortex in your brain that grows as you mature hasn't even matured yet. And you trying to get them to make adult life changing decisions. What are you doing? The world is uncertain. Yes, it is. So if he says, don't call me he or she, call me rebel. <laughs> it's not a boy or a girl, he's a robot. <laughs> so you're going to say, excuse me, Mr. Robot. See, this is the uncertain world we're living in. Yeah. Can't say that no more. Because we're living in an uncertain world. We're living in an uncertain world. And so we got to know with all of the uncertainty, life is still good. Tell your neighbor, despite what my life look like, it's still good. My life is still good. I don't have no money. Tell your neighbor, I might not have no money, but my life is still good. I might not have the car I want, but my life is still good. I might not have the spouse I want, but life is still good. Come on, let's stand. <laughs> My life is good. My life is going to get better. Because God is with me.